From Muhlenberg College, this is 2400 Chew. I'm Tammy Katzoff, and in each episode of this podcast, I talk to one Muhlenberg graduate about their current work and the industry in which that work is done. For this episode, I spoke with Alex Gardner, class of 2013, who is a senior medical communications officer for Penn Medicine. As I do with all of these interviews, I began the conversation by asking how and when Alex became interested in his occupation. Oh man, so I used to write. I was a freelance writer for a while. I had interned with Rodale, which was a publishing company and worked for magazines like Men's Health Magazine for a long time and then eventually on their staff. And so that kind of got me into, you know, communications and journalism. And then uh, about a little over a year ago, I was looking for, you know, the next thing and found an opportunity to work for Penn Medicine uh, doing public relations. I thought that that's what I really wanted to do where I would be successful, something that was interesting. And I, I wanted to, you know, often as a journalist, you're and a writer or editor, you're exposed to a lot and you get to talk to so many different people and that's really great, but you're kind of an outsider a little bit. So you're let in at certain uh, points and you get to kind of get a view, but I wanted to be where things were happening, wanted to be kind Mm -hmm. of on the inside and part of the action. And so uh, applied for this job and, and got it. And I've been working here for, yeah, a little over a year. So if you had a typical day at work, what would that be like? And part two of that question is, how has that changed since the pandemic arrived? Yes, it's really interesting. I am one of, we have different, uh, we call them beats, just like a reporter would have different beats, which is subject matter that they're following up on and kind of focusing on. And so one of my beats is, infectious diseases, uh, right <laughs> amidst uh, this, this global pandemic that we're all in right now. So a really uh, crazy time for this to mm-hmm. be one of the areas of my focus. So it definitely has changed. Um, I'd say that one of the main things um, that you're doing is trying to look for opportunity to tell stories. Um, you're looking for opportunities to connect your experts and your uh, and, and the things that are going on with the health system, I work for Penn Medicine, which is the medical school and the health system of the University of Pennsylvania. So you're looking to connect the folks that I work with, with journalists in the outside world. So I'd say in a big sense, a lot of the connections now, a lot of the stories, a lot of the outreach and conversations have to do with COVID-19. Uh, that's really what the journalists want to talk about. That's what, uh, you know, we're obviously doing a lot. Kind of all of the focus and the shift has been on to this pandemic. And obviously it, it needs to be and, you know, and, and people need to stay informed, especially right now. Hmm. Normal day, you know, is uh, looking for stories that are that have come out. You're scanning media reports to make sure that you're, you know, able to uh, find the stories and, and things that you've, uh, you've helped establish and, and set up. 
And then a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, pitching, a lot of talking to journalists and a lot of talking to uh, scientists, researchers, clinicians who are very, very um, significantly smarter than I am. So it's a, uh, it's, it's a fun job for sure, but definitely has, has uh, evolved and, and I assume will keep evolving um, over the coming weeks and months. So what, what is your daily schedule like these days? What happens from the time you start to the time you finish your day? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So th- yeah. The morning start again with that kind of scan of what, uh, of looking at the uh, different outlets uh, we get media monitoring reports and then we're always reading the news too. So we know kind of what topics people are talking about. We're looking for people where our experts were cited and quoted. We'll be following up. It's a 24 hour news cycle, obviously mm-hmm. these days and has been for, for a long time, but things happen overnight. Um, there's still quite a bit of, of uh, media um, stories, various articles and, and uh, things that are published, you know, in the morning, first thing too. So you're kind of, when you start your day, you kind of go in and right now I'm working from home. So it's all on the computer. would normally go into the office and, and start scanning, but uh, that's kind of how my day starts. Um, and then you're also looking for different emails, voicemails, texts from your, the people that you represent at the hospital and then from journalists mm-hmm. that are on a tight deadline looking to talk to somebody in the next two hours. Um, you know, so you're trying to, to scan a lot of different things and make sure that you can kind of triage the different tasks for the day appropriately. And then from there, then, you know, you can kind of get into, into the, the things that might uh, be longer down the road and take a while to develop. But yeah, a lot of just like, really taking stock of what's going on uh, that that's really important in this job. So do you have a team that you work with or are you pretty much autonomous in, in what you're doing? Yeah, we have uh, several other press officers, which is really kind of the, you know, short term for what we are uh, media officers. So they're all PR people like me. We have um, leadership of the communications department um, people that deal with uh, different, um, you know, internal publications and internal communications. So we're all working together. Uh, we do have different focuses. So like, again, uh, I said one of my beats is infectious diseases. I work on other uh, areas as well, like uh, OBGYN, family medicine and community health, uh, gastroenterology, urology. There, there are a bunch of different uh, areas that fall, you know, kind of under my, my scope, but we collaborate, um, you know, there is a lot of interdepartment, interdivision, communication and collaboration that goes on at Penn too. So you're always working with your colleagues, you're working with people who are in a field um, and in a department at the, the hospital and the medical school that aren't necessarily under your your area of of coverage or 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 doing something that you know very much about um so it's always kind of fun to to see how people are working together and then that in turn means that i'm working with my peers and working with people that uh, i might not on a typical day 
But that, yeah, that, that happens quite a bit. Can you give an example of how a project or, or a story or whatever just progresses, you know, from, from start to fruition? It's interesting. It's, and it's kind of an art because you obviously I'm not the one writing the story. I do write some things for us and we'll publish things um, on our website. Um, we'll work with uh, different um, positions uh, on op-eds uh, in, in papers. So, but you know, a lot of the time it's, it's, you have to have enough of an idea of something and then you're kind of, you know, putting it out into the world. You're talking to a few of your contacts and say, Hey, is this interesting for you? And so it's kind of different on every, every story, how much level of, you know, what it is that you, you share and need to think through and what's going to be the journalist's job to come up and then ask the questions or find an angle, you know, kind of thinking about what's important and why, why does this idea of this story matter? Um, and especially right now, that's kind of what I try to focus on with pitches. So sometimes it's easy, like I'm working with this doctor who's doing a vaccine trial for COVID-19. And um, part of this trial is is happening at Penn. Um, this doctor is leading this trial. That's obviously like something you just talk to a journalist and say, hey, vaccine trial, Penn, here's the day for the doctor. And they're like all over it and want to talk. And there's your story. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can also dive into more of the details of the story and say, um, here's an angle maybe you didn't think of. Maybe this is why this vaccine is um, important or different than some of the other ones that are being talked about. But it is. It's it's kind of one of these things that I'm always trying to think in, in terms of uh, evaluate how I try to get those ideas out into the world and sell them, you know, quote unquote, sell them to uh, journalists, sell the idea, uh, say, this is why you should be writing about this right now. And this is why um, my experts should be cited and you want to talk to. This is why you're missing out if you don't go forward with with this story. Mm -hmm. It's something I'm still trying to perfect. I, uh, you know, talk to a lot of my colleagues and we all, you know, brainstorm a lot about, about ideas as well. So um, later today, we have uh, time where we're, and again, we're all working with, uh, working remotely. So we're going to be connecting via, uh, via Zoom, I believe, uh, later this afternoon. And uh, we'll come and this will be an opportunity where we can say, here are a few of the things that was thinking about what do you guys think? And so you're talking to people again, who focus on different areas may have um, something unique to share, maybe can Mm -hmm. collaborate with you on a pitch to journalists, or they just know, they say, I worked with this writer before, or this, uh, this journalist. And I, you know, he worked on this story that I think he actually liked this story that you just suggested now, because you know, the story I worked with them on before was, was interesting. He was all about that. So those kinds of things happen. And that's really key, I think, to uh, getting uh, the right messages out to mm-hmm. the world. 
So you've been doing this about a year, you said, and, and previously you were much more in the journalism world. So what's it like now being on the other side? Was that an easy transition for you? It's, a, it's very similar in, in certain uh, aspects. I, I did a lot of research too. So I was like a research editor for Men's Health for a few years. And so that entailed, you know, a lot of reporting and, and writing, but a lot of fact checking. Um, so I would talk also to researchers all around the world and learn about what they're working on. I would read studies. I would make sure that we, uh, you know, number one, aren't going to advise someone to do something that would hurt them, <laughs> be harmful to them. Um, and, and number two, that we're not going to get sued for saying something, you know, so you're kind of thinking um, it, it, with a couple of different hats on. Uh, but I'm still talking now to the same people that I was talking to before. I'm still talking to writers and journalists. I'm still talking to medical experts and researchers. So the individuals that are kind of part of the equation are still the same. Yeah, what's changed has kind of been the, um, th- there's a lot of strategy involved in, you know, trying to get inside a, a writer's head. And so I think having been on the editorial side and understand the kinds of things that resonate well, um, what's kind of superfluous, uh, what is the, the real uh, heart of the, um, you know, the matter with, with different stories, uh, that's really valuable. And then again, like you kind of know, how things are progressing because you're seeing it firsthand. So with the coronavirus, I remember being at a faculty meeting that I was invited to go to where a doctor was talking to her fellow faculty members about uh, coronaviruses. And this is when it was starting in China where we were getting the understanding that, okay, there's something kind of, there's something going on here. Um, and this researcher Susan Weiss, who's been at Penn for um, a few decades and who uh, focuses solely on coronaviruses. That's been her entire career. She was like giving this presentation to these, to this faculty. And I was there and now looking back on this, I'm like, wow, this is really interesting and amazing that I was there while all of this is going going on and was able to kind of see things from the start just to be there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I don't know other than, than amazing. I don't really know uh, a word for it, especially with something that's, you know, on this scale. Sure. So what do you see as the most uh, challenging parts of your job and, and what are the most rewarding parts of your job? You can do a lot. You can put a lot of effort in to trying to, get a certain message or story out into the world and you just like someone in sales the amount of work you put in doesn't always yield equal level of of result so you know i can pitch to uh 15 journalists or 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 something a, a particular story and you know maybe you know we're to talk about it or maybe you get you know one person writing. So um, you can put a lot of effort into something and, and 
So trying to, to switch from where before you're a writer or an editor or a fact checker, and it's a very clear, these are my, these are my tasks. This is it. It's done when I hit this point, you know, and I can go through the story's done. And, and, and having that finished product, it's very much, uh, you can put more time into a story than it can show sometimes, but you know, there's something there to show for it. And some days I put in effort and you don't have anything to show for it. And hmm. so trying to, to tell yourself, Hey, that's, that's, that's okay is important, but that, that's, that can be, be a challenge. Um, I, I think rewarding has been, um, there are people that have a lot of great information to share um, important. They're doing important work. They're they've devoted their lives to to investigating something or being a clinician and taking care of people. Um, but they don't always have the the experience of dealing with the media, understanding how it all works. So it's really rewarding, I would say, to have the opportunity to kind of help those people guide them. You're kind of a coach in a certain way and able to tell them like, this is how this works. And, you know, you're going to go out and talk to this reporter and you're not doing just like the coach. You're not playing the game, right? You're sending your player and you're telling them uh, what they need to know and, you know, kind of how best to approach this. You're, you're sending them out there. And so being able to kind of prep them and also like, you know, to tout the good things that they're, they're doing. That's really rewarding and I see uh you know uh I keep using this as an example because you know the pandemic is on everyone's mind as it is mine there's a lot of worry and fear and concern in the world but I see uh a lot of effort um a lot of really smart people putting in a lot of effort to try to remedy the situation and that's super uh inspiring and encouraging at moments like mm. this. Does social media figure into your job at all? Yeah, we have someone who's on our staff that that's one of his main roles. Um, and he does a lot of social media, but, um, and, and kind of oversees it, orchestrates all the different channels because, you know, now these days there are a thousand different uh, ways. You know, you have Instagram, you have Facebook, you have Twitter, you have, I don't think we're getting into anything crazy like TikTok or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, maybe someday, but there's just so much that there's so many different ways to kind of use social media. And I think for a long time, it was thought of as, you know, it's one thing, it's social media. And now we're learning like, okay, these are the kinds of things that resonate well on Facebook. Here's where this is more of a thing for Instagram. This is, something that would be ideal for Twitter. Um, so we have a lot of conversations. And by me, I mean, like press officers like me um, have a lot of communication with him on kind of what is working, what doesn't work. Uh, we'll send suggestions to him on things to, to post. Uh, we have a very organized process right now because of the coronavirus. And so we have um, a very clear way of how, uh, you know, we communicate the things that have just happened because things are changing so quickly mm -hmm. and what needs to go up right away, you know, to either, you know, because it's, it's 
beneficial for people to learn out there. It's all information that people should know about. Maybe it's debunking something that people are doing that uh, could be harmful or, um, you know, or it's a, it's a message of, you know, something where you're, you know, trying to show the good things that are being done by the health system. So he's there as kind of, you know, a guide and, and an overseer and that we kind of bring things to, to him, to his attention. We'll post and do things on our own as well. But I, I really appreciate the, the guidance and the, that deeper understanding again of like, if I'm going to be sharing something, I want to make sure that I'm using the best outlet that we think uh, will drive views and clicks and, and all of that. For a, a Muhlenberg student or, or anyone else who is interested in pursuing the kind of communications work that you do, uh, what guidance would you have for them? And, and what, what, you know, what did you wish you knew before that you knew now that you would like to relate to someone who is pursuing this work? I think it's, it's interesting because this wasn't necessarily what I thought I was going to end up doing. And while I was at Muhlenberg, I majored in English. So I always loved writing and communication, uh, but I'd studied uh, education, secondary ed as well. So I am certified that, uh, you know, middle school and high school teacher, um, seventh through 12th mm-hmm. grades and, um, didn't end up, uh, ultimately teaching full time in the classroom. And I think that, and, and it's not to say I wouldn't have liked it or, you know, I, I can't decided not to, to pursue it. You just, certain opportunities came my way and I decided to take those and start writing and, and, you know, doing editorial work and, so I think when you're in school, you kind of think like this is you you feel almost like stuck, like you have to do a certain thing because mm-hmm. this is what I've studied. It, it, there has to be a very clear path forward and it doesn't have to be. And a lot of people do different things. And, you know, I've only been out of school. I've been out of school less than a decade and I've, I've changed careers a, a couple times and I think that's going to be more common uh in the future but I I think I would just encourage people to explore you know I think college is a great time to take those classes that you think I don't know what this is really going to do for me uh necessarily but I'm interested in it uh take it because all of these skills and the things that you're you're learning during school have some effect, even if they just inspire you to dive deeper into something else, or even if they make you realize, Hey, actually that thing I thought was interesting. Is it really that, that interesting or, um, Hey, I really like this still, but maybe, you know, I want to try something else. I think a liberal arts education, I think Muhlenberg, specifically exposes you to a lot of subject matter and things that you can become passionate about. And mm-hmm. so anytime you can explore those things that I would say, go for it. And again, not to be concerned that you, if you went down a certain path and then you graduate and things aren't 
you know, going in the direction that you thought they were going to be, uh, that that's okay. And to think about skills that you have that, that might, uh, translatable to another area. Yeah. We talk a lot about that at the career center, transferable skills. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, being able to think critically when things are changing all the time is important. I mean, I know English is, I think English can get a bad rap as like, okay, it's reading, you know, we're reading these, we're reading books, you know, and this is all, and a lot of fiction and we're, you know, does this matter? What's the importance? You know, but you really learn how to analyze things, things mm-hmm. too. Um, there, there are so many skills that you can get from different subjects rather than just the knowledge of the topic or the area itself. It's, it's all building and it's all good. Learning to learn is, is good. I, I do it all the time with uh, this job I have now and it's, it's, uh, it's fun. This episode of 2400 Chew was produced by me, Tammy Katzoff, Associate Director of the Muhlenberg College Career Center. It was recorded remotely and engineered by Paul Kremposky at the studios of WMUH, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Our opening and closing music from Cowboy Bebop is performed by the Muhlenberg College Jazz Big Band.